Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. He's a fantastic kid, and I think he's going to be a big credit to the PGA Tour for a long time. But he needs to get that first win yeah, out of the way because Sunday was painful. That was a very, very difficult loss. Thank you, Steve. Talk soon, I know. You got it, Tony. Good luck with those pencils and the scorecards. It was it was real easy to get those at a U.S. Open on a Sunday morning, Tony. It was, it was fantastic. I appreciate it very much once I get them in my hand. In my hand. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Speaking of golf, the uh, Saudi Tour opens today in Pumpkin Ridge in Oregon, right, Michael? Yeah, you're going to stream it? Because they still don't have a television deal, right? No, you got to fire up the uh, VPN for this one. You got YouTube? Can you YouTube it? Yeah, I think you can. Do I have YouTube? I, I don't think, think you I have, have the YouTube. Then we could I have uh, the Hulu, I think. Well, yeah, then we could the cast, streamcast it to your TV, probably. So, are you going to watch some of it if you can? It's forty-eight man field, forty-eight man field. Start. Yeah, fifty-four hole. Live, live, Moss. Yeah. Am I going to watch it? I don't think so. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm curious about it. I mean, I'm not. You know, the John Deere is the PGA rival event. The John Deere is an air tournament most of the time, right? Sure, it's, it's an air tournament, but it's, but it's around a, all it the time. It is a tournament that has targeted and sort of welcomed young talent before they've hit it big. So you remember, this is where Jordan Spieth, I think, got his first win before everyone right? knew you who he was. You think Sajit uh, Thigala might play in this one? It would be... I'm not sure if he's playing, but that'd be sort of that would be the perfect winner for it. You get the is this just like a Sam Burns first win kind of place? This is the and then he has where, three wins. This Sam is Burns. the tournament where they used to bring over the jet right to get everyone over to the UK. Oh yeah, for the yeah, that's right. They they provide transportation um, for the people going to the British Open, which is not this week, but the following week. Is it the following week or the week no, after? Yeah, it's later because the uh, the it's the, after Wimbledon. The Scottish Invitational is next week. Yeah, so it's always after Wimbledon. So maybe they provide transportation to the Scottish. Open. Because none of the Saudi tour guys are going to be allowed to play in that. Um, I missed the Nats yesterday. I, I sat down at 7.15. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to watch. They were on earlier in the day. They apparently lost. You, Nigel, you were saying some controversial thing happened that you didn't understand, and I certainly don't understand it. Yeah, I was talking about it with Michael before the show. Um, we both missed it live, but, the, but there was something where a guy, they, they, they tried to get double off a runner at third after a caught fly ball, I think, and they tagged the runner and then the bag, and for some reason they, they said they have to formally appeal something. I was, it's very unclear what was Formally appeal, like get a lawyer, like get Abby? Do they have <laughs> to get Abby and go to the Supreme Court? Yeah, you didn't get yes. to do the like one coach nods to another coach and you get an extra 30 <laughs> seconds. I think they left the field too early, so once the players crossed the line, then I think there was sort of, it was a moot point at that. Uh, but it ended up costing them a run and, and they, they lose. lose by one run. They lose by one. Because some kid hit three home yeah, runs. Maybe the if they kept one guy in the park. <laughs> by the way, I looked at that and I was like, they're lucky that Bob Gibson wasn't pitching for the Nats that day. So I don't understand any of this. But yeah. I texted you two nights ago because you, you, you get used to the fact that they're winning every game in the eighth inning as a comeback. They should play every game against the Pirates. They're competitive. Yeah. They match up they're well. They're good games. They're both bad teams and they're good games. Pirates not as bad as you think. Nats are as bad Nats as I think. Nats worse than you think. Yeah, they're a bad team. Pirates S- have a nice little lead, though, on Cincinnati. Speaking of, Cincinnati's the worst, right? Yeah, well. Baltimore and Cincinnati are the worst. Is Oakland Cubs, the worst? Cubs are oh, down there, Cubs too. stink, too. That Cubs. makes me happy. <laughs> I'm happy when the Cubs stink. Um, there was a, I know, I bring this up only because you're a Boston fan. Their closer, Tanner Houck, is not vaccinated. Yes. And the Red Sox go to Toronto, and Tanner Houck is not allowed to go to Toronto. It's not like you're going to need a closer. He's not allowed to enter the country. They have a 5-4 lead in the ninth, 
and they go to the they go to the pen for Tanner Houck, and he's back at home eating lobster <laughs> because <laughs> right. he's not in the country. Yeah. And Wilbon sort of said, "Oh, I don't blame him completely. I blame him completely. Me and Dan Shaughnessy blame him completely. I can't sit around and say bad things about Kyrie Irving and give this guy a pass." Right. You right. know, he says, "I'll do anything to help the team." No, you you. You didn't. You, you didn't get the vaccine, which yeah. would have helped the team. The Yankees, and they have players who didn't want to get the vaccine, like Aaron Judge. They got the vaccine. And why? Because you play 19 games in division, 19 games against Toronto, and some of them have to be in Toronto. Yes. Nine or ten of them have to be in Toronto. And if you can't play, you're hurting your team. Novak Djokovic is hurting Novak Djokovic. Yes. God bless him. I don't like him, so I don't care. But this guy's hurting a whole team. It's just like Kyrie Irving. It's, I don't know how you can excuse this guy. Everything in your world comes back to Novak and Kyrie. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. right. Well, no, it's true. And it, that, no, it wasn't just him. There was a, a, a bloke by the name of Jaron Duran, I think his name is, yeah. who's been hitting leadoff and playing brilliantly. No, uh, I don't care about that. Yeah, but I care about the situation. The only reason you hired this guy, Tanner Houck, right. is for that situation. That's yeah. his job. Yeah, it, It's not random. It's not like a leadoff hitter might get up three times, four times. It's, no, it's not that. No, it's this guy's job. I'll just say I was not thrilled when I knew. And because also Toronto's very good. So you don't want to give them any extra advantage that they might have. Didn't they get into a fight last night? I don't know if they got no fight. clearing? I didn't see that, but they may have. Yeah, so I'm not all that thrilled with Tanner Hack right now. Shouldn't be. And and I I wonder how that's always received in in the clubhouse, you know? He's going to be a team, and it's like, well, we're going to go there. I, I guess don't know. We'll the players didn't hate Kyrie. Yeah, I guess. I think players sort yeah. of rally around players. They yeah. feel that they understand them. Got this nice note from Sam Ginsburg from Pittsburgh. Sent me a card, birthday card, a Uranus joke birthday card. He said, <laughs> I owe you a big apology. My son Daniel was married last fall in Brooklyn, and we didn't get around to inviting you. I'm sure you remember Daniel from his bar mitzvah 16 years ago. You were kind enough to sign and return the invite. We still have the signed return card, and your meal selection, the chicken, is currently in our freezer waiting for you. It's not any older than stuff I got in my freezer. But the real reason for this note is to thank you for saving me $30,000. You see, Daniel has grown up to be a big-time little. For a wedding gift, I offered him either the TK decal you sent me many years back or the brand-new 2022 Subaru Forester. Daniel, to the great consternation of his new wife, chose the decal. I'm not sure if she was more upset about not getting the car and more worried that he obviously does not love his family enough to own a Subaru. As always, thanks to all those involved for providing us with such great entertainment. And P.S., if Daniel begins sending you update emails about his life, should he go by DG but not that DG? That would be fine. Like Sam Ginsburg. Very much. I wonder so, if he threw in the hardtop carrier with the Subaru, if that was something the, <laughs> the couple had to pick up on their own. <laughs> Is that the thing that's on the top? Yeah. What's Does it? that have, like, did you put a canoe on? Is oh, yeah, it wait, well, First, you have to get the roof rack. That is standard in the Subaru. <laughs> then right. you get the hard top carrier so you can withstand the elements as you're going up through Maine. Does, yeah. it, does it come with the 26.2 sticker on Just the back of it? Just lightly faded? Because... <laughs> You, you see a lot of them. Marathons. I got to tell you. You do. You see a lot of them. It's very popular. Car. They sell. Yes. Yeah. All right, my dog is sick. Chessie is sick. I uh, took her out for a walk very early this morning as she began to whine and whine and whine. And she had some bouts with diarrhea and she threw up a couple of times. Not us- the usual throw up, which includes the plastic Frisbees that she eats. No, this was just main yellow bile. And so something's definitely wrong with her. Then when I got home, I saw she had made in the house, which she has never done. Mm-hmm. She has never done that. That's not a good sign. But if you look at her now, 
Doesn't she look fine? She, she looks does. happy. Yeah, yeah. Maybe so she's just energetic. angry with you, and she's being passive aggressive. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sort still of upset hoping. about that by that Nats call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Now, I'm sort of hoping that they um, that somebody in this house calls the vet. So step one: Do we have to get her that pumpkin sludge? No, I mean, oh. I, I gave her a specific type of dog food that the last time she was not feeling well, uh, we bought at the vet. So I gave her that. I don't, I think it sort of compacts her inside. I don't really know because I'm not a dog and I'm not a vet. You start making the rice? <laughs> I just, I haven't started making the rice. I will make the rice today if it's chicken and rice. A little chicken stock? You know, I'll make the rice. I'll go to uh, the refugee Safeway and buy a cooked chicken. I'll just take the skin off it. Well, what's the difference, right? Yeah, take it off the bone, too. Well, I'm not going to give her the bones. I don't want a mama cast situation. <laughs> no, I don't no, want that. No. But, you know, dogs, they, chicken bones are very breakable. You chew through them, and then yeah. they, they rupture your system, so you can't give dog. You yeah. can't give them chocolate, either. Yeah, I've never understood that, but apparently chocolate is, like, lethal to dogs. Yeah, you don't give dogs chocolate. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, Gummy bears they love. So maybe maybe big bag of Albanese gummy bears or gummy I hope worms. they're on their way. Let me just say this: when people want to send us other things, don't send us other things. <laughs> don't don't send us things that you think will make us happy. No, no, <laughs> gummy thing. bears will make us happy. <laughs> don't send other things. What's yes. the list? Gummy bears, wine, that's ice cream. That's, you can't but send only ice cream, cream from certain regional. Well, you, but you can't yeah. send ice cream because it won't it won't carry. It, you, you're not going to get it here. Lobsters, it's going to melt. Graters, but not the new graters. The new graters is just not good enough at all. No. No. I so, still, by the way, I still, every time I'm in the Safeway, I stop in the frozen dessert section. They don't have Baskin Robbins <laughs> coffee. Even though we know that they've discontinued They've stopped that, making I it. I don't know why I keep checking it in the vain hope that one day it'll be, oh, it's here. Tony will be so thrilled. If it's here, it was made in 1950. <laughs> we can't have it. Let's get out of here. Michael Wilbon joins us when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. We got this note from Ajit Purandari, West Point class of 1995, who writes about his friend Chuck. And he says, hope the start of your summer season as well. Sending you some original music from Chuck Brasino and the Mile 57 Band. Chuck originally hails from George West, Texas, not too far from the Mexico border. In 2007, he deployed to Afghanistan with the 173rd Airborne Brigade. Chuck was a Cav Scout, that's Cavalry Scout team leader, in Operation Rock Avalanche, featured in the National Geographic Special Operation Restrepo, a film by Sebastian Younger. 173rd Airborne would lose 43 paratroopers during these combat operations. Upon completion of his deployment, Chuck received an appointment to West Point, where he graduated in 2012. That's, that's great. The genre of music attached, and in the Dropbox links, is Red Dirt Music from South Texas. And Chuck is currently on tour in Missouri and Colorado. This is a song called Folded Flat. It's beautiful. It is, isn't it? Plays in Michael Wilbon. We have another song by Chuck Brasino in the Mile 57 band later. 
So Wilbon and I have this sort of, and it's it's rivalry is the wrong word, but Mike hates when we go all in day after day after day on football free agency. Like where is Aaron Rodgers going to go? And I concede that after a while, enough is enough, and we move on. But Mike loves basketball free agency. And I will have to say that while I don't care about Russell Westbrook or James Harden or Bradley Beal and what they have done, though we will talk about it, I do care about Kyrie Irving because I loathe him. (laughs) And I can talk about Kyrie Irving every day. And, Wilbon, I think you can talk about Kyrie Irving every day as well, right? Yeah, I could. I I don't want to. Um, The the thing, Tony, I don't just – football free agency is one thing. Uh, but where where they are right now on our network and in any network that does that covers the NFL, is it they're just talking about the same thing for dozens of consecutive days with no movement, no games, no action, no nothing. And so the Aaron Rodgers thing wasn't free agency because he wasn't going anywhere. It was just stupid. And so I don't like any sport to do that. And only one really does that, and that's 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 the NFL. Because there's no movement for months at a time. And people start things by saying, just 100 days until the, until the camp starts. So you're going to talk about the same thing for 100 days? We don't do that with the NBA because you don't have 100 days. Because they're not even off that long. They'll be playing again before they can be off as long as the NFL. So that's what, what, what I hate. Um, and so and basketball, Tony, will be over very quickly. It'll be, I'm not talking about the last strains of free agency. The big guns, Tone, it's this week. It's a week, not 100 days. All right, so let me just explain what happened. We went out again. This is the second time today we've gone out. I hate Comcast beyond anything you can imagine. And I know they listen. And this happens every day to us. And it's not happening where Sean is. It's happening here. Because Comcast is doing some Whatever they do, they don't obviously care about their customers they're doing something larger some whatever they're doing affects this show all the time yes and they always say oh no you know it's not us well who is it is it the man on the moon no it's comcast it's like wilbon's on the line wilbon hates united airlines right mike you hate united airlines and even if somebody if the president of united airlines called you and said no 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 we didn't do this this is what happened i I hate you i hate people And this is how I feel about Comcast. I hate yeah. them. I mean, and I like the people who are involved who talk to me, right. but they do this all the time. Yeah. Every time we do a show, we lose the show, and it's Comcast. That's who it is. All right, anyway, let's go to Kyrie Irving, who opted in. Of course he opted in, because he can't get any money anywhere else, because nobody trusts him. <laughs> so he opted in. What do you make of that? And is, well, it, Tony, is it different than can, Westbrook? You- you don't have to opt in. What you could do is you could, you could say, you know what, I'm going to bank on the team that I resign with helping me out here by arranging a sign and trade. Right. And that will allow me to get more money as well. And so that's what, say, DeAndre Ayton can do. Right. Because there's, there's 15 teams out there. Let's not say 15. There's six to eight teams at least who would pay DeAndre Jordan the max amount and trade DeAndre for him. Ayton. DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Jordan is 80 years Did old. Did I say DeAndre Jordan? Not DeAndre yeah. Jordan. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton. And so that is apparently is not the case, as we've heard the reporting from Woj and others, with Kyrie Irving. 
Yeah. Other other teams do not want to arrange a sign and trade with Kyrie, um, as they would with DeAndre Ayton right now. So yes, Kyrie had to opt in, take that thirty six and a half million dollars, and Brooklyn will now see what it can do. But the, there are not a lot of teams out there that are going after Kyrie Irving as talented as he is, which is sort of amazing. Yeah, because they can't trust him. No. It's it's a very simple thing. Everyone loves his talent. No one trusts him because of what he has demonstrated. He takes days off for birthday parties. Come on. Yeah. This is you, you can't do this. Now, Russell Westbrook opted in for a different reason. Um it, it's not that people wouldn't take Russell Westbrook because he's not worth 47 million dollars at this point, right? I mean, they're That's not right. going to find any takers and he'd be crazy not to take the money. 47 million. Was- and it's going to be interesting, Tom, because, yes, people can trade contracts. They, they've done it. We saw that with John Wall. Yeah. Um, For Russell Westbrook. Westbrook, at this point, $47 million. He's not worth anything near that anymore. And the NBA is facing not a crisis because owners will pay it, and they do have it. But if you got one of those deals and that guy isn't approaching his – max value as a player you you really are in some in some bit of trouble there's no other sports league that pays this kind of money an unbelievable salary in hockey is probably 15 to 18 million dollars there are some baseball players that make a lot of money but nobody makes 47 million nobody in football makes 47 million dollars no but there there are some people in soccer Okay, but yeah, but because that's an international sport, and it, maybe it's different. Why? Why do people make so much money in basketball? We've seen this in the last ten to fifteen years, triple, quadruple. Why? Television money, Tom, um, and that's what. Look, basketball and soccer are the only sports that have that level of stardom. The NFL has no. It's limited. Thirty-two teams. It's, it's How United many States. people do they have with the global stardom, just recognition None. of James Brady. Harden or Kyrie Irving? No. They have a quarterback. That's it. Maybe. That. Maybe. Some Brady. teams don't have that. Oh, so they, there's one guy. It's only Brady, and the reason it's Brady, honestly, is because of his wife, who is a worldwide figure. Yeah. There's no, no, football is within the borders. It's, not, it's certainly not football. It's not hockey. I mean, it's, it's just not. But basketball pays so much money that that you're sort of hamstrung. If you're a player, you have to take the money. If they're throwing it at it. you, you have to you take it. You cannot negotiate it down No, like the NFL. No. That's not no. happening. The Players no. Association won't even allow that. No. And so you've got this situation. And it's going it's, to it's, – look, free agency starts tonight. And there are going to be people offered – Massive sums. I don't know. Well, yeah, a guy like Zach Levine, who's played in exactly one playoff series as a veteran player. Zach's in his like seventh, eighth season. He's played one playoff series. Right. And he is going to command that kind of dollar. That's so much money. Um, John Wall, he's going to play. Now, we had David Aldridge on yesterday, and this is an interesting thing. David said he's not going to start for that team. He hasn't earned the right to start for that team. Reggie Jackson's going to start for that team. He's going to have to come off the bench. Do you believe that? 
I mean, I, you know, look, you can, you can, Tyron Lue is the coach there. He knows what he's doing. And he may go to somebody, a GM, or he may just decide, listen, I do want John Wall to start. Now, he may not play the lion's share of the minutes. He may not have the sort of level of being the degree to which he can do whatever he wants on the teams he had with the Wizards. But he could start. It's conceivable, Tony. But John Wall is not going to have the carte blanche that we associate mm-hmm. with John Wall from five years ago and a guy of his talent. And John Wall's 31 years old now. So, you know, there's some conditions upon which John Wall will play for, this, for, this, for the Clippers. He's not just going to be a guy who gets to go out there and do exactly what he wants for an entire season. No chance. Okay, so they're the Nets. They're the Nets of the West. They got these big-name players, all of whom have been great here and there, and injured often. And they're just like the Nets. And Las Vegas will make them the favorites in the West, and Mike, I wouldn't. They're not going to be favorites. They won't be the favorites. No? No. No, no, no. There are too many good teams in the West, Tom. There's just too many. And so, no, the, the Clippers, and they'll be, you know, you look at the betting odds, and I'm not, I'm not good on how to figure that out, but the Clippers will be talked about in a way that is preposterous. Dr. They're Nets. not going to be favored over Golden State, not for okay. a second. All right, let's go to Harden. James Harden is a free agent now. James Harden, I guess everybody is reporting that he'll make a deal with Philadelphia. Can I ask you, I love James Harden. I said James Harden was going to help them win the title. James Harden was a shadow of James yeah. Harden. Why would they give him a long-term deal exactly? Well, Tony, his general manager, his boss, Daryl Morey, my dear friend, Northwestern's own, he believes in James Harden still. And the Sixers are in a little different predicament. They, they've got the reason Harden will take less money is so that the Sixers can fill in the roster around him with a roster that looks something like a championship roster. Right. So this, Deon, this was it DeAndre Melton, who they got from Memphis. Melton is a player who can do a whole lot of things, and he can help you. He's not going to be a 25-point-per-game night. He's an 11-point-per-game guy. He can also defend the hell out of you. He can rebound it. He can pass it a little bit. He can do a lot of things. And the Sixers got him. Now, they gotta, they, they got to pay him. But with, with, with Beard taking a little less money, a little haircut, pun yeah. intended, the Sixers can, can cobble together a team that looks like it can still contend with the likes of Boston and Miami and Milwaukee in the East. Now, let me move off this. Did you watch the Serena match against Harmony Tan? Oh, yes, I watched some of it. I'd never heard of Harmony Tan in my life. That's one of the great matches I've ever seen. Serena is now 40. I understand she's rusty because she hadn't played in a year. You pay attention to tennis. Do you think she can come back to approximately where she was, or do you think she knows in her heart it's time to go now? Well, I mean, she's starting to find that out. You know, Tony, I mean, delusional, the greatest athletes are also completely delusional. Yes, of course. That's how they get there. Yes. And they they become delusional at like 15. And so, yeah, they can connect with reality later. But, no, she thinks she can. And then she'll figure out shortly that she cannot. Do I believe she can? No. Not at all. Not at all. 
Me too. There are too many great, young, talented, just physically overwhelming athletes on the women's tour now. And they, no, they're not going to let Serena win he, at all. She's not going to win. Here's my feeling about her, and I admire her enormously. But if she let a 24-year-old woman who's ranked 115th in the world dictate how that set, all those sets were going to be played other than the second set. If she hit it 300 miles an hour and this woman kept hitting it back, you know, she's got to say to herself, if I can't even be an off for a year, if I can't beat her, what's going to happen when I play somebody in the top 20, right? Doesn't she have to say that? At some point. Yeah. Not initially. After the U.S. Open, she has to say that, I would I think. Mean, no? Maybe. I mean, if she's going to say it, Tom. They all have, and it's, it's incredible to listen to people who can really articulate what that's like. And, you know, our dear friend Charles Barkley is so great at talking about this, about how when you retire, you go out because you got injuries and the things you can't do physically anymore, and you go out for a while, you're out for some months, and then you start to feel better, and you come back, and you're completely convinced you're going to be the person who's in the Hall of Fame. And you're not. You can't get there. But when you feel better, you think you can. And it's that bit of delusion that, that, that the greatest of the great, they suffer from that as well. Because they couldn't have gotten to where they are without that belief in self. And Serena Williams is still there. And she won't be there forever. She probably won't even be there for long. I don't and think she's so. probably got some inkling in her mind now. My God, I can't believe I lost this person. But, but they all have that at some point. They have to. And people say, well, why don't they figure this out? Yeah. Because they spent their whole lives believing in themselves at this level. And so it's an incredible dynamic. And it's, an, it's also it's fascinating to watch Tony, and of course it becomes sad at the end. When it's Willie Mays, and he can't get around the base path, and he has been the greatest player in the history of that sport. You, 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 you just go, okay, I, it looks bad. I hate this. I know you had to hate it yeah. when you were a young man and you saw this happen with saw your hero. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. this is what happened. Stumbling at the plate. Get yes. out. Don't want to remember it this way. All right, have a good weekend. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Tom, thanks. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls, will take a break. Buster Olney will join us. Of course we're going to ask him about cows. We're <laughs> going to ask about Freddie Freeman, too, but cows to begin with. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, Chuck Prisino, or Prisino, in the Mile 57 band, a type of music referred to as Red Dirt Music from South Texas. And uh, from Ajit Purandari, who sent this in, he writes, In 2017, I was a captain about to exit the military when I watched a program depicting a casualty, casualty notification. In that moment, I remembered writing a last letter home, and I thought about what it might say if I was married with a family and if it came home without me. The song only took about 10 minutes, 
to write, sitting at that desk, no guitar, just putting the words as they flew from my government-issued pen. That, that was for Folded Flag, the song we played earlier. Oh, okay. This one is called Hell or High Water. But yeah, incredibly powerful story behind that yes. song. Yes. And wonderful music. Yeah. Michael, if people like Chuck Brasino and the Mile 57 band want to send in their music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonykornizershow.com. So yesterday on PTI, I was talking with Matt Kelleher about possible stories. It was a very light day. There wasn't much to talk about. I knew we were going to get stuck talking about the NBA and free agency, but we were looking for something else that was interesting, and there was a Freddie Freeman story that was interesting, that he had fired his agents because he didn't really want to go to the Dodgers. He really wanted to stay uh, with the Braves. And I found out it was a Buster Olney story. And I said, well, that's great. We can get Buster on because we can talk about Freddie Freeman, whose body of work I admire tremendously. But more importantly, we can talk about cows. Because Buster grew up as in a dairy farmer um, family. And if I remember correctly, he and his sister own a farm and his sister runs the dairy farm. And Buster, do I remember this correctly? Your sister's running the dairy farm and you're not, but you're part of it. She owns the farm. Uh, she owns the farm now, but she rents out the property to local, uh, to our neighbors who uh, use it for pasture land now on cows. The, the, the dairy farm is no longer working, but the cows are there. Well, then let, let me ask the obvious question. How are the cows doing? <laughs> the cows are wonderful. I got to say, there's no better grass for cows than May and June grass. You know, once you get into August, it gets a little bit dried out, and the cows start to look around the edges. But May and June, the grass is absolutely beautiful. When was the last time you visited the cows and gave them your best? <laughs> it was actually last fall. Uh, but I'm going back up there in August. Uh, be okay. spending two weeks up in that area. They're good. Are these ice cream cows? Can you like? Can you use their milk to make ice cream? So uh, the cows that we had on our farm were Jersey cows, which are the right. best cows when it comes to making ice cream. Ben and Jerry's draws its best from Jersey cows because they have a high butterfat content as a, as opposed to those. Absolutely overbred Holsteins, the black and white ones, right. don't have as high a butterfat content as the jerseys do. Do any of the people you cover know that you know so much about cows? Have you ever had a conversation with a baseball player about cows? Some of them, I'm sure, have come from farms. Absolutely. Madison Bumgarner, uh, of course, uh, had the greatest postseason in history in yes. 2014. He grew up in a, in a farming community. In fact, he gave his wife... Uh, a uh, an, a cow as a wedding present, and I walked up to him, uh, you know, because I need to confirm this before doing sports center. I said, "Look, I know you gave this animal to your wife. Uh, was was this a bull or was it a cow?" And he looked at me with an absolute straight face. He goes, "When I gave it to her, it was a bull, but now it's a steer." <laughs> <laughs> So he's the one. I was sort of hoping Scherzer or Verlander, who I like so much, knew about cows. No, Verlander collects cars and not cows. Wade okay. Miley is another one. He pitches with the uh, Chicago Cubs now. He's got a herd of, of cattle. And when I saw him last, I asked him how that's going. It's just so great. So, okay, tell the Freddie Freeman story. Because, I, I mean, I think I am in the mass... Uh, of people who didn't really understand how it could be 
that Freddie Freeman, who was for so many years the absolute face of the Atlanta Braves, could be treated so callously and could be let go, you know, when they had just won the World Series. That's how I looked at it. What happened to Freddie Freeman? And now you have an answer. Yeah, there was a, it was a big surprise. It was a shock in the spring when he didn't go back there uh, in that uh, 48-hour period where you know the negotiations with Freddie broke down between the Braves and his representation when they traded for Matt Olson, uh, who's a group in the, the Atlanta area, and they immediately signed him to an eight-year, $168 million deal, and it caught Freddie by surprise. And in the days after that, he was talking, calling – uh, some of his former teammates, and saying, this is not what I wanted to have happen. I wanted to stay with the Braves. What, what's going on? And he was very tearful. And then a few days later, he wind up signing uh, with the Dodgers. And when you look at the Dodgers contract that he has, it's so heavily de- uh, loaded with deferred money. $57, million is deferred. Plus, when you factor in state taxes, what Freddie wound up with, was signing a, a deal with the Dodgers, his second, you know, the, his, the team that uh, he did, he preferred second to the Braves, signing a deal with the Dodgers that was for less money for more years. So it didn't really make sense, and that clearly has chafed at Freddie. And when you guys saw the emotion over the weekend when he was in, in Atlanta, and I, you know, I had my own feelings watching his emotion, and I ran this past friends of his who we played with. Uh, I said I, I interpreted that as 10% gratitude for Braves fans who treated him and his family so well, and he appreciated that, but 90% sadness and anger over how this played out. And so on Monday, uh, Fred, or excuse me, on Sunday, Freddie contacted the union. He is listed uh, within Major League Baseball's files as now self-represented, no longer by the XL agency, no longer by Casey Close, who was the lead negotiator in that contract talk with the Braves. He fired them, right? He fired them. He fired them. them. But he feels that they, I assume he feels that they lied in their negotiations because if they, I mean, if they didn't lie, in other words, if they didn't say, they put in an artificial deadline of an hour, and you have to get back to us, and they certainly implied that there was another deal on the table. He gave over his destiny to these people, and he feels that they screwed him, right? Yeah, I don't know specifically if, if he feels like something was misrepresented or whatever, uh, but I would say this. Uh, you know, if, if, uh, and Chipper Jones, I did an interview in March right after Freddie signed. And Chipper told me that he spoke with Freddie last August, and he told him, look, if you want to stay with the Braves, you need to get a hold of this right now. Because if you go into free agency, these are Chipper's words to Freddie, then you're going to wind up with another team because it's going to get out of your control. Uh, and so I think Chipper, uh, you know, as he made clear in that interview, he really feels like Freddie needed to have more control of that uh, of that process, and I think the question for the representatives would be, how is it that this player who wanted to stay with the Braves wound up with a deal for what was overall less money? How they got to that point, uh, you know, there are different uh, perspectives on that, but that's where he is, and that's what you saw over the weekend. Will the Major League Baseball Players Association take up for Freddie Freeman in this particular case? No. Uh, and oh. as they say, I, I, you know, I've heard a lot of different interpretations as to how they got to that point, but the, the player association seems to be wanting to basically stay out of it.
Okay. So Freddie Freeman is going to the Hall of Fame. Everybody understands that. Freddie Freeman was the Atlanta Braves. But Clayton Kershaw is the Los Angeles Dodgers. He is going to the Hall of Fame as well, and he is every bit as famous and beloved in Los Angeles as Freddie Freeman is. And Clayton Kershaw said something publicly that if I were Freddie Freeman, I'd have to go to see Clayton Kershaw and we'd have to iron this out. Right, Buster? Because he basically said, look, we got a pretty good deal here. We don't want to think that we're playing second fiddle to the Atlanta Braves with Freddie. That's right. And in fact, when, uh, and that was done in, in an interview with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution on Saturday after Friday's night's uh, standing ovation for Freddie and all the tears that he had. Uh, and right away, I had folks in the Dodgers organization saying that for Clayton Kershaw, that was kind of like a high inside fastball. You bet. Like, hey, you guys, bet. Like, <laughs> let, like, let's, you know, let's go. Now, there's some interesting parts of this. First off, Freddie has said that he's spoken with Clayton about that. Uh, I was told over the weekend they're definitely uh, Dodger players with their eyebrows raised. I think, though, that what probably <laughs> uh, works on Freddie's behalf is, as he was going through all this emotion, the three days leading up to Atlanta, all the crying that we saw on the field with the Braves, he was in the Braves clubhouse a couple times over the weekend. He also batted over 401 player of the week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he was able to thrive while processing it. So I... I do think as they move forward, it was probably healthy for everybody to have this conversation because however we got to this moment, Freddie is a Dodger, and he's going to remain a Dodger uh, in the years ahead. He's not going back to Atlanta anytime soon. So I guess I wonder about this. There was the stuff from Ronald Acuna Jr. a couple of months ago that was very critical of Freddie Freeman, that, you know, that Freddie Freeman was endorsing, you know, a, a sort of a antiquated baseball system, and Acuna chafed a little bit about that. And now you've got Clayton Kershaw. This is not an insignificant guy, Clayton Kershaw. He's really not. Are we wrong about Freddie Freeman, those of us who sort of revere him and think that when people stop at first base to chat with him, that he's the ambassador of Quan for the entire (laughs) Major League Baseball operation? Could we be Buster? Could we be wrong about Freddie Freeman? No, he's a really great guy. You know, there are... Uh, I have spoken with teammates who've said, you know, he uh, he's a super nice guy. He sometimes is getting involved with other players, uh, with young players, and fostering uh, as much as say, uh, uh, you know, uh, you hear about Jose Abreu with the White Sox, for example, being really good at that. But they also say he's a great guy. Uh, the other thing too, I think it's an interesting undercurrent in the Clayton Kershaw conversation is that who is Clayton Kershaw's agent? XL, Casey Close. Okay, right. (laughs) So you wonder how much of of that is going on as well. And Clayton's been with that group for for a while and and really trusts that group. And maybe maybe, uh, that was part of the conversation, too. I I just think it's a really cool story. Thank you for for doing it and for coming on the show. And will you please call after you see the cows in August? I'd I'd like to just know how they're doing. (laughs) I will give an update. Absolutely. They will love to hear that you care about them. (laughs) I do. I do. I do. I love cows. Thank you, Buster. Buster only, boys and girls. See ya. It's a very good story. The Freddie Freeman story is really sort of a good story. Good for him. Uh, We'll take a break. We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. comes Tony's mailbag, got your email factors and your notes. Here comes Tony's mailbag, gonna read some for all you folks. Thank you, Gary. Gary was at Jingle Fest. I had uh, multiple reports that Gary and Kim, the entire family, were at Jingle Fest. That's fantastic. That's great. Miss you want to do the Bethesda bagels? Can I just say, where are the sandwiches? I mean, now we've gone a couple of weeks without them. Well, did, did we get them last week? I, I thought, don't know. Yeah, we, don't we know. certainly didn't get them this week. But we do yeah. love Bethesda bagels. I don't, but uh, I, you know. <laughs> we like I think we should look to Comcast to solve this one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Comcast should do that to make good with us, yes. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. All right, before we get to the mailbag, let me say, but the band's on the bus, and they're ready to go. we got to drive all night and do the show in Chicago or Detroit. I don't know. We do so many shows in a row. And these towns all look the same. We just pass the time in the hotel rooms and wander around backstage till the lights come up and we hear that crowd and we remember why we came. That is Jackson Brown, a song called The Loadout that is, in fact, recorded at Marjorie Merriweather Post Pavilion in Maryland. Yes. Where people have seen concerts where I went to see Barry Manilow and got thrown out of the state. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Buster Olney. Thanks to today's sponsors, Shopify Trade Coffee, Freshly. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From Ali Fuller, it says JD PhD. He's a lawyer and a doctorate. That's pretty good, right? Albanese, not Albanese. <laughs> right, it's not the Very simple. It's not Albany, New York. Albanese, right. Albanese. I guess I pronounced it yes. wrong. From Joe Farrell in Only Maryland. Bonjour. Colorado Avalanche defenseman Eric Johnson is not only a Stanley Cup winner, he also owns several thoroughbred racehorses. Thank goodness he didn't do something stupid with his money, like buy a restaurant. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny for people that remember the original story about airplanes, horses, and restaurants. From Elliot Olshansky again, your recent experience with deer reminds me of some of my own. As I've mentioned before, in August 1998, my family moved from Syosset to Chappaqua, where I graduated from Horace Greeley High School. Go west, young man with your friend Larry Gaynon's daughter Gabby and Len Rubin's son Andrew. On our first morning in our new home, my parents woke me up to look out their window at a deer in the yard. Naturally, coming from Nassau County, this was quite a new experience, but the charm wore off quickly for reasons I'm sure you're familiar with. The following summer, my parents and I had the opportunity to visit Japan, and while we spent most of the trip in Tokyo and Kyoto, we also took a day to visit the city of Nara, which is Japan's capital city for most of the 700s. The city is famous for its Sika, S-I-K-A, deer. Hope I pronounce that right who uh, roam freely around the town and are considered sacred. Naturally, there are snack vendors who sell crackers to feed the deer. But when I asked if we could buy some, my mother told me, we already pay to feed the deer at home. It's called landscaping. <laughs> Best regards from Suffolk County, where I do occasionally spot some deer from hiking trails, but I've yet to encounter them in my neighborhood. Uh, if you live in Washington, D.C., just don't grow daylilies. We got an inch. We've had some interesting emails about how to, 
you know, combat the deer. Wolf urine. Wolf urine. Wolf urine. Yeah. Also, human hair. If you scatter that over, like, where they eat, for some reason, they don't like that, and they'll just leave. Well, I'll have to wait till next year, won't I? <laughs> yes. Because I'm not sure day- my neighbors will be happy with that one. <laughs> my daylilies are all gone. <laughs> yes. Ron St. Amon, our old friend in Toronto, has anyone checked for the missing H on the license plates? Wherever the Natinals drop that O, if it's not there, maybe check Ted Leonsis' pants if they're still around. <laughs> this is from Rich Cinque Grana, Arlington, Virginia. I believe the H plates in D.C. can be found on taxi cabs. I assume this is derived from Hackney. Yes, hack license. Perhaps the 1983 classic D.C. cab as a reference. It's just a hunch, but it makes sense to me. That movie's terrible. <laughs> it was awful. As a Rhode Island native, our statewide transit service license plates... While they do not start with J, do carry a jitney plate, meaning bus, information for life. Mr. T in that movie, isn't he? Yes. From Dylan Reese in Los Angeles, California. When you see a District of Columbia license plate that starts with DA, do you consider it a David Aldridge moment? <laughs> no, I just, but I say David Aldridge. I, you know, it, like I see FS on Michael Scott, Frank Sinatra. That's what you do. Um, John Holt, Chester, Virginia. What happened to the H? Let's try an exercise. Say the following words. Huge, Houston, human, human, humor. Maybe DC license plates just speak with a Long Island accent. From Q. Lou in Atlanta, now from Atlanta, now in Roslyn, the Women's PGA Championship, talking about the one at Congo. He was an, a walking scorer. Michael explained what it means. It's not as glamorous as Doug carrying for Rose Zhang at the Women's Am a couple of years back, but I'll try to get the TK salute on TV. I don't know if he did. If Q was able to. Yeah, the big sign. Yeah. Is that right? Heavy. Yeah. So, and I. And you get a golf ball usually. Tommy Friedman did that. Well, he was an electronic scorer. Yeah, he was. You know, not. He wasn't the sign. He was doing shot link. Uh, From Reed Gray, R E E D, Gray in Euless, Texas. As a Reed, I'm glad it's not with an I. Those are not real Reeds. Okay. (laughs) The thin man. Okay. Captain. From Bratton DuBose in Raleigh, North. From Brandon Bratton DuBose in Raleigh, North Carolina. First time, long time. My wife and I traveled to Oregon for our first wedding anniversary this past weekend. I wanted to give Dave and Sarah a shout-out at Bells Up for making our visit to their winery amazing. Isn't that lovely? That's it. That's the email. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear what? Go Victor Robles, because we saw Victor Robles. (laughs) He's batting higher than Juan Soto. (laughs) And he can't hit Major League Pitching. Yeah. It was cold in December when I wrote her a letter, letting know I love her till the end. A year gets so lonely, no one there to hold me. I can't wait to hear in my arms again. Summer came, it wasn't me at the Train that forty flag just to see you, feel you. You brought my manners back for keep. Turn back time, replace the man leaving. Come back home to the woman that missed. One more 
tell any time
job that doesn't pay that much And a liver that can't control your touch Has left me in the dust too many times Come hell or water I'm in love with your daughter Run away if you like it or not She don't think I hung the moon And I'm always drunk by noon She's the only thing left that I got Running lines is never meant to be So I left her in that town Dark and dusty with a frown She's gotta have a new man by now Come hell or water I'm in love with your daughter Run away if you like it now She don't think I hung the moon And I'm always drunk by noon She's the only thing left that I got And I remember 21 We were wild and having Don't think I hung the moon And I'm always drunk by noon She's the only thing left that I got She's the only thing left that I got